Hey, this is Ross Sutherland. Um, so if you've seen the title of this episode, you've you've probably already guessed what this is about. But yeah, we've reached that time again where imaginary advice has to take a short break. The reason being that my wife is just about to give birth to our first child, which is our exciting and joyful and uh, scary and bewildering. And yeah, I need, I need to go look after a, a tiny human for a while, guys. For my wife and I, this has been a uh, a really long journey for us. Basically, uh, a few years ago, I found out that I had fertility problems. I found out that basically I had about a 3% chance of being able to have kids biologically. And so my wife and I decided to try IVF treatment, which in itself only has about sort of 20 to 30% chance of success. But after multiple attempts and um, a lot of heartbreak, we're in the position that we're in now. And recently, I, I've, I've just been wondering whether this last year of imaginary advice plays differently when you add in this hidden piece of backstory. I think it probably does change how some bits play. Historically, whatever I'm going through in my life, it, it, it tends to find a way into my writing, whether I like it or not. That's why I can't keep secrets, guys. All of my secrets, they just end up in my stories one way or other. You know, I don't do it deliberately. In fact, sometimes I don't even know that I've blabbed until long, long after the story is finished. But just to give you an example, um, just over a year ago, uh, I wrote a story for this podcast about a heist. Some of you might have heard it. Uh, in this heist, a group of seven randomly selected people have to carry out this meticulously planned caper to steal a vial of rare blood from a labyrinthine storage facility. All it takes is like one mistake and the entire plan would collapse. Now, at the same time that I was writing that, uh, my wife and I were probably going through possibly the most nerve-wracking point in the whole IVF process. In fact, we had just been handed our own plan from the doctors, which is basically this two-month schedule of all the drugs that my wife had to administer multiple times a day at home with the drug types and drug dosages changing seemingly every couple of days. Usually there would be just enough time for us to get used to one type of syringe and then the doctors would switch it up, you know, invent some new bizarre system of administering pharmaceuticals. And all of this info was hidden inside a completely inscrutable document full of shorthand that seemed directed at doctors and didn't really seem like patients were supposed to understand it at all. Plus, we were doing this whilst going through COVID. Uh, so that required long periods of additional isolation because clinical appointments are really precisely timed. And if we missed one of them due to illness, then the entire round would be ruined and months of hard work and anxiety would all have been for nothing. So every round we had to follow uh, a plan like this, terrified that, you know, if we made a single mistake, the entire plan would collapse. And um, I remember one day, according to the plan, 
we were scheduled to take one of the uh, the fancy COVID tests, you know, the type that you post off to the lab in a special box to be clinically tested with a 48-hour turnaround, I think. So we needed this test in order to get the all-clear for my wife's uh, egg collection procedure. And uh, the schedule said we had to do this test on a Saturday. So we popped open the box on the Saturday to do the test. And inside the box, there was a separate set of instructions saying that if we needed the test results by Monday, we needed to send the COVID test by Friday at the latest because the tests couldn't be processed over the weekend. So according to the plan, we just completely fucked ourselves because the plan contains traps. That's what we found out. There are secret plans that contradict the main plan and you can only resolve these contradictions if you spot them early enough to then leave a question on an unmanned answering machine service and then a nurse will probably call you back within 48 hours to explain which of the two versions of the plan is the correct one. Anyway, the, the COVID test stuff turned out to be fine in the end. We managed to have it fast-tracked. It was fine, but holy shit, we lost our minds when we opened that box. We very nearly, literally jumped in a river. I'm not kidding. Anyway, the, 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 I wrote the heist miniseries during the same period of time, and I don't know how consciously or unconsciously I was referring to our real-life experiences, but n now I, I can't listen to that heist story without hearing it as essentially one big metaphor for being trapped inside a clockwork plan that's so vast and so complicated you can't possibly hope to understand it. And I think that's one of the reasons why... Uh, at the end of that story, the, the crew doesn't pull off the heist successfully. Instead, everything kind of dissolves into this nightmarish shell game where no one quite knows who has the package and who's double-crossed who. Because that feeling of disorientation, I, th I think that was very much how my wife and I were feeling back in January 2022. Every single time we thought we were going to successfully pull off this great baby caper um, that the healthcare system would find a new way to remind us that we were, we were merely pawns in a game that we could not possibly understand now of course I, you know, I, I think this is how everyone feels when they need healthcare and that's not just here in the UK I don't think both private or through the NHS I think it is just a, a natural process of uh, interacting with a kind of huge complex machine like uh, like a healthcare system like we always get trapped with our illness on one side and kind of inscrutable bureaucracy on the other uh, 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 I remember uh, um, many years ago I um, I was in A&E uh, after having a asthma attack and a man uh, in scrubs comes over to uh, my bed and he says hop in this wheelchair um, we're going to go get an x-ray and so I hop in and as we're going across the hospital, uh, I say to the guy, um, do you know why exactly I'm having an x-ray? Because it's just because no one told me that I needed one. And so I'm just a bit worried that this might be a mistake. And uh, the guy pushing the wheelchair, he, uh, he said to me, dude, I don't know. I'm just the guy who takes people to get x-rays. I don't know why I'm doing this. I just do what I'm told, right? And I'm told to get people, put them in this wheelchair, zip them across the hospital, right? Well, what you need to understand is that the hospital is this kind of huge machine, right? It's huge, and I'm just like, like a single cog in it. Like, you, do you think that like every cog 
in a machine knows what the machine is doing. Like no one understands the machine. We all have to just do the one job prescribed to us. And beyond that, we have to just have faith that all the different parts of the machine work together in harmony to produce the desired effect. And that means, Ross, this is what he said. I'm, I'm quoting him verbatim here. You know, what that means, Ross, is that you have to stop trying to understand the machine and uh, you just have to surrender to it. Because if you keep asking questions, you're going to gum up the machine and force all these additional operations that the machine doesn't have time for. So shut the fuck up and have your x-ray. Yours is not to understand why. Yours is to be zapped by electromagnetic radiation, you know, so we can take a cool pick of your bones. The system is perfect. Shut up. Stop trying to understand it. Anyway, that's what he said to me. And it was weird. But that, that is exactly what he said at the time. And that is the story that I tell to everyone uh, when anyone ever asks me why I find hospitals so terrifying. And anyway, the heist story, it has a lot of those same fears in there. Uh, some part of me probably did want to give the heist a happy ending, you know, for the crew to pull off the impossible. But ultimately, that's just not how I cope with uncertainty. I, I don't like to manifest my happy ending. I much prefer to render the unhappy, uncertain ending uh, as thoughtfully as I can and going to use that to remind myself that whatever happens, life continues beyond it. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about what happens next. What can we talk about uh, in terms of the future? Well, I'm not 100% sure exactly when the show is going to come back but it will come back I promise sometime I'm hoping in 2023 I've loved making this last year of imaginary advice recently I've tried to push the format of the show as far as I can the show's got a lot bigger as a result even more complicated but these experiments they've uh they've really invigorated my love of the podcast and I've got ideas for so many things so I, I can't wait to come back and get stuck into them um just like my last hiatus, I will be freezing my Patreon page immediately and I will contact all my patrons, Patreons, still can't fucking say it. I'll contact all my patrons at least one month before I unfreeze the page. Okay, so that means that you'll have plenty of opportunity to reassess your patronage before I return. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I nearly forgot. <laughs> if you're a new listener to the show and you'd still like to donate some money to the pod, you can still do that. Even though the Patreon is frozen, uh, you can just make a one-off donation to buymeacoffee.com forward slash imaginary advice. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash imaginary advice. Um, I wanted to put one last thing up on the feed before I go. There's a particular episode of Imaginary Advice that I wanted to repeat. Something from four years ago now, but I, I wanted to bring it back up to the top of the feed. It's, a, it's an episode called Incantations. And um, it's about the connections between poetry and spellcasting. Um, in the first part of the episode, I talk about how these two are connected in cinema. But in the middle part is an interview with my friend Al, 
who is both a historian of magic and a practicing spellcaster for hire. Then the final part of the episode is about me taking Al's guidance and writing a poem for myself that I want to have a magical effect. And uh, the magical effect was that I wanted to become less anxious about having a baby. At the time of recording, four years ago, I was extremely worried about money and about not being able to afford to raise a kid. And since then, I've learned in the last four years, I, I now know that having a baby isn't as easy as just deciding whether or not you want one or not. I think back then, I was definitely still taking things for granted that I probably shouldn't have been taking for granted. Now, of course, I, I still take things for granted that I shouldn't take for granted. That is a lifelong process, isn't it? And so much of that can only ever be understood in the rearview mirror. I know that. But on that note, seeing as we're talking about regrets, let me just say, as a little sidebar, listen, if you're a man and you're, you're over 30 and you're, you're thinking about having kids one day, but maybe you haven't yet, consider buying one of those home testing fertility kits and you know check yourself out why not check yourself out because wouldn't it be better to know <laughs> when there's still time to do something about it maybe check yourself out because um there's a huge amount of media narrative about women's age in relation to fertility and very little discussion about men and the recent science suggests it is really not as asymmetrical as we've been led to believe before Anyway, in the four years since recording Incantations, my anxiety regarding the subject of children has not abated, <laughs> as you might imagine. In fact, for the last year and a half, that fear has grown to existential levels. It's kind of consumed me, uh, consumed us, both of us. And uh, sometimes when we were going through IVF, I'd think about that poem, that spell poem that I did, in the incantations episode and that thought would make me feel physically sick the, the idea of listening back to this episode turned my stomach but um now uh i think i've turned the corner again i think i finally reached a point where um i kind of want to hear from my old self as naive as he might have been I'm, I'm ready now once more to listen to his words of encouragement so yeah i'm posting it back to the top of my podcast queue because if i'm going to be away for a while i just think if i leave this on the top of the pile that means more people will hear it right it should get some more plays and uh the more this recording is played maybe the greater its magical influence i don't know finally um if you're listening to this and you find the the subject matter upsetting or just if it makes you feel uncomfortable i'm i'm really sorry because I, I i know how fucking hard it is to navigate tv shows and books and films without some dickhead bursting into the scene out of nowhere and announcing that they're pregnant christ it's like we're addicted to it as a plot device aren't we don't know what to do next in the story just fucking toss a baby into it then all of which means if you're trying not to think about this shit, it, it fucking sucks. It sucks. All I can say is the um, same thing. 
that I uh, kept telling myself over the last few years, uh, which is whatever you're currently living through, whatever feeling you have right now, just keep going, all right? Because no feeling is final. And uh, I hear people saying that a lot recently. You know, no feeling is final. And um, it's odd to hear the line of a Rilke poem floating through the internet like this, but I, I, I do think that the truth of that line is, is, is kind of indisputable. Like whatever thoughts live in your head right now, they, they do not define who you are. They do not define the rest of your life. They are not permanent. They do not change the fact that tomorrow exists. And you will be here for it. all for me so um, before too long I will be back with more imaginary advice until then take care